When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and that's right, it is Friday morning podcast. We did it. We made it through another week, and not only did we make it through another week, but now we have Pittsburgh Steelers football to actually talk about. I don't care they're not in pads. I don't care that they're not at Accra Shore Stadium and that the games don't even count. They haven't even gotten to games yet. The Steelers are back on the field. They're practicing. Fans are in attendance. St. Vincent College, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. That's right. They're back. And it's exciting. And it's exciting. And I just want to keep in mind for you, the listener, that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, it should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And when I say that, we're going to have everything that you could possibly imagine a Steelers fan would want in the written form. We'll have film room. We have people on the ground. For instance, today, Friday, you're going to see a knee-jerk reaction to the second practice, which Rich Schofield, that's Dave's older brother, he's also the co-host of the Scobro Show, was in Latrobe watching it firsthand, giving his take so make sure you check that out. We're going to have Kevin Smith there. Jeffrey Benedict's going to be getting to uh, training camp at some point. You're going to want to check it out. That's not to mention, we still have training camp confidential articles going out. You can find all of those in one neat location right there on the main page, behindthesteelcurtain.com. You don't want to miss it. You also don't want to miss any of our podcast network. We're talking about everything under the sun. We've got What Yin's Talking About, which aired on Thursday at noon. Fantastic stuff. Dave Schofield talking about preseason statistics. You might think that sounds boring. He finds a way to make it relevant. I'm going to tell you that right now, but go check out that as well. Make sure you check out the Steelers preview, which was Thursday night. Myself, Brian Davis, Dave Schofield, and then make sure you check out all the shows on Friday. The Here We Go Steelers show Friday at noon, Friday night. You obviously have the six-pack with Tony Defio. You don't want to miss any of it. You can find us anywhere we get your podcast by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. And subscribe or follow whatever you have to do so that you do not miss anything. Let's get to some news, shall we? There's a lot of news. We're going to touch on some of the news as we continue on throughout the podcast. Jerome Betts will be joining me in the second half, so let's get this show off on the right foot. And where else do you start other than the fact, you know, I spent... A good majority of my show on Monday talking about Ben Roethlisberger's comments about the team and the team-first attitude and all this stuff. And I wasn't the only one, by the way, that 
kind of took umbrage to that. I, I just didn't like the way it sounded. I didn't like the way it felt. That sounds funny. But when you read something, sometimes you just get this gut inclination of, man, that just didn't sit well with me. That's how I felt when I read Ben Roethlisberger's comments to Ron Cook of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And everything that I kind of thought, and even some of the things that I said on Monday, I was wondering what would happen with the current team. You know they're going to get asked about it. Well, Cam Hayward, the true bona fide leader of that team, he's the one that stepped up. He stepped up on his his podcast that he's doing now, and he talked about how he disagreed wholeheartedly with what Roethlisberger said. He gave some really good concrete examples, everything from Antonio Brown to players that he knows are giving their all for the Steelers. Sure, everyone wants individual accolades. It's a part of goal setting. For instance, TJ Watt, one of his goals was to be a defensive player of the year. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it in any way correlates to success for the Steelers, yet it does. His individual goal will help the Steelers succeed. Is T.J. Watt selfish for that? Is he not a team-first guy because he has a goal set that he would want to win a Defensive Player of the Year award? Maybe you say yes, I say no. But Cam went out and he kind of he, he took a shot back at Roethlisberger now, Guaranteed, Roethlisberger's camp probably heard about some of the backlash. And they, what did they do? We, we should know what they were going to do. They needed to get Ben out there to kind of say what was going on. Okay, well, Ben, you got to say something. Like you, you just can't, you can't do this. You can't go out and just say, oh, I, I don't know what to do. Well, here's what it was. He goes out and he goes on the, the morning show on WDVE. And it's, it's really hysterical to me how, you know, the backpedaling that he was doing was really, it was real. Here's some of the things that he said. He said, I agree with him, Cam. I should have been more clear. The majority of guys on that team are team first guys. Okay. I'm not getting into this. I'm not getting into this today. It's not what I want to focus on, but still, he finds his way into the news. He always does. Uh, Some other news. Uh, Seven Shots is back. Day one of training camp. There was no seven shots. If you're not familiar with that drill, it's the seven snaps, seven plays from the two-yard line or one-yard line. See who wins more. Offense wins if they score. Defense wins if they keep them out of the end zone. It's just good to see that drill back. I know that on Thursday, Mitch Trubisky finished three of four for three touchdowns. Would have had a fourth, but Zach Gentry dropped a touchdown pass. And then Mason Rudolph came in to clean it up. One for three passing so uh, they're not going to run the ball without pads on they're just going to do it's going to be a a passing drill but still there you go seven shots is back and I I just want to make sure make it very clear that I don't want fans out there I said this for minicamp and OTAs don't read too much into these reports that are coming from camp even though it's training camp even though these are first-hand accounts of what's happening don't take what is being said or reported too in-depth. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of rotations going on right now. The Steelers have only had two practices, and they're going to have a third on Friday. But still, don't read too much into these reports. When you look at the offensive line, Monday, Kevin Dotson's at left guard. Two, or I'm sorry, not Monday. Day one, Kevin Dotson's at left guard. Day two, Kendrick Green gets to start at left guard with the ones. It's a rotation. They're going to give them both equal opportunity. You look at wide receiver. 
on day one, Chase Claypool's in the slot, and everyone else is where they usually are. Day two, he's not. George Pickens is in the slot. So you have a situation where there's a lot of rotations. Go to the defensive side of the ball. Inside linebacker, Miles Jack, Robert Spillane, Devin Bush, all rotating. It's all about keeping them fresh, seeing if there's a good matchup. Same at cornerback, Arthur Millette, Levi Wallace. Folks, These. this is why, the, the, you got to remember, the coaches are still getting a feel for this team. They're still getting a feel for what this team does well, who's playing well, who's not playing well. And so that's why you got to take these reports with a little bit of, not so much, hey, I said take uh, OTA reports, minicamp reports with a giant grain of salt. Not that. I mean, these are tangible reports, but you don't want to read too much into it. Let's see how things play out. All right, let's get to the really the crux of what I wanted to talk about today, and it's that all eyes right now, this is as the Steelers are in training camp, are on the offense. And in my opinion, rightfully so. Rightfully so, all eyes should be on the offense. And it's not that the defense was so lights out last year that we can just kind of ignore it as fans, but it, it's it's to me, it is to the point where when I look at the offense, there were so many deficiencies last year that I'm just thinking to myself, they've they have to improve by leaps and bounds. And for Matt Canada, like this is a critical juncture of his coaching career. But why are all eyes on the offense? There's so many different storylines and talking points that surround the offensive side of the ball. You talk about the wide receivers. All right, so the wide receivers, you have obviously Chase Claypool. You have Deontay Johnson. We'll talk about him in a second. You have these young guys, George Pickens, who has really turned heads. But so has Calvin Austin the third. Day one, he takes a screen, wide receiver screen 61 yards to the house. Talked after practice with reporters. They asked him, have you ever tracked how fast you are? And he said, no. And I, he said, I wasn't even in my high gear there. Essentially saying that if someone were behind him, chasing him, he still had another gear. That's scary. That's scary good for the Steelers offense. You, know, you talk about just that wide receiver room. And when you think about the wide receiver position, all eyes right now, and they're not on Chase Claypool. Yeah, a lot of eyes are on the rookies. All eyes are on Deontay Johnson. And people are all wondering the same thing. What's this guy doing? He's basically trying to emulate what T.J. Watt did last year at this time, what Minka Fitzpatrick did in the offseason. He's showing up every day, not holding out. He is not working out with the team. He's doing individual drills. So he's essentially doing the hold-in philosophy. Well, there's only one problem with that. The other two guys that did it, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, they are all pros. They're all pro players. Deontay Johnson's not an all-pro player. He was an alternate on the Pro Bowl team. That is not an all-pro. All-pro's different. It's a different beast altogether. Deontay Johnson thinks the hold-in's going to work. He might be right. I'm going to bet against it. I honestly am. And and not only that, I'm also going to wonder if it's going to impact his play on the field. Can't, can't forget, this guy doesn't have Roethlisberger back there who loves to throw him the ball a million times a game. Who knows what the quarterback's going to be? It looks like Mitch Trubisky right now. That could change within a week. 
And is he out there working with these guys? I mean, yeah, they're doing individual drills. I understand that. But it's different. It's a different speed. It's a different pace even when they do team drills. Hasn't done it yet. So when you have all eyes on the offense, you're looking at Deontay Johnson, you're saying, what is this guy doing? They need him out there. They need him out there because they he's a big piece of that puzzle on offense. You look at the running back room. You add McNichols to the mix, talked about that on Wednesday. Benny Snell Jr., Anthony McFarland, some of the undrafted rookies like uh, Mateo Durant, are they the guys that can somehow, some way spell Najee Harris so that he doesn't have 381 touches again in 2022? Yeah, all eyes are on that position as well. The offensive line. I mentioned Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson on the left side. No one's really talking about Dan Moore, not since training camp reported. Chukes for on the right side. I know TJ Watt has been wreaking havoc out there, but that's what he does. If there's any way that Chukes for at right tackle can improve, it's by going against TJ Watt every single day. But Kendrick Green, I mean, he's out there talking about how he loves playing guard. He loves playing guard more than he likes playing center. He said even, and he was quoted by saying this, I didn't even like playing center last year. Okay, what? <laughs> and when I hear that, I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? They got to figure that out. They have to find a good mix. They got to find a good front five. They can go out there and do their jobs. Do their jobs to the point that they can run the ball when they want to run it. They can protect the quarterback, whoever that is. The offensive line, of course, all eyes are on that group. The quarterback situation, my gosh, we talked about receivers, running backs, line. Didn't even talk about the quarterbacks yet. The quarterbacks, again, it looks like Mitch Trubisky. They're giving Mason Rudolph every chance to prove himself. Kenny Pickett's getting some love. And it's been it's been tough for the, the rookie so far. Made some good throws, made some bad throws. That is being a rookie in the National Football League. People are not going to be wide open like they were in college. Go back to Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year. It was not perfect for him. If you thought he was in 2004, a polished, ready to go, I'm going to go out there and win it, win it all, then every game I start until the AFC Championship game, no. He did not start the season for a reason. Tommy Maddox started. Keep that in mind when you're thinking about Kenny Pickett. If he struggles and he's thrown interceptions in the first two practices, if he struggles, that's okay. It's okay. But, you know, even Matt Canada himself, you already see the reports out there. They're doing a lot of quote-unquote Matt Canada stuff. We're talking about motions, jet sweeps. He loves to shift and do a lot of pre-snap shifts to get the defense to tip their hand. What are they going to do? Give the quarterback just a little bit more information before the ball is snapped. You send a guy in motion. Does he follow? Okay, they're in man. He doesn't follow. They're in zone. What do they do if all of a sudden we take one tight end, shift him over to the left side? What do the safeties do? Are they in cover two? Cover three? All this different. This is all what Matt Canada wants to do. He's trying to help his players maximize every single play. It's why I like what Matt Canada wants to do. But the question is, can they do it? He has the players this year, at least on paper he does. It's up to him. I talked about this at the beginning of the show. He has got, this is a crucial, critical point for him in his NFL coaching career. Second year as an offensive coordinator, the returning player should have a good grasp of the offense, what he wants to do, get the young guys ready to go. This is why all eyes are on the offense. This is why... There's there, there's all these new faces that people are trying to get familiar with, and it's going to be absolutely critical 
for the success of this Steelers team, for this offense to be even just adequate at things like running the football, not finishing 29th in rushing yards per game. The ability to move the ball through the air, to drive it down the field. You know, George Pickens caught a skinny post in practice on day one, and even beat reporters saying we didn't see a lot of that last year. That's what they need to do this year. Play action passes, getting these mobile quarterbacks on the edge, give them the option to run or throw. I'm excited for this. But yeah, all eyes are on the offense. I think we all make the assumption, and maybe that's a hasty assumption. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe we should not make the assumption that the defense will find a way to figure it out. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe what we should do is say, we need to focus as much on the defense as the offense, but in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, right now, all eyes are on the offense, all eyes are on Matt Canada to get it right, to fix it. New players, new faces, new scheme. Let's see how it goes. Just one of those many things to keep an eye on as training camp rolls on. When we come back after this break, I have Jeremy Jerome Betts on the show for the All Bets Are Off segment. And then make sure you stay till the very end for a heart to heart. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday. It is the second half of the podcast, which means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment. Jeremy Jerome Betts joins me. He had a week off last week. I don't get those. How was that? Was it nice? <laughs> hey, it, it wasn't a week off. I was uh, busy every night. Our church was doing their uh, vacation Bible school, and so we were we had 60 to 100 kids uh, that we were dealing with every Ugh. evening from 6 to 8.30, so... Not a week off, just a week off of uh, BTSC uh, podcasting stuff. He so. probably would have preferred to be here on the podcast. Yes, I'd imagine. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my goodness! Nothing against week. Vacation Bible School, but right? Right. Sorry, that's a lot of kids. It was, and uh, you know, it you know, a fun time, but definitely took took it out of me, and I'm still recovering. I think. I bet. Uh, I bet. Thursday into the next week. Well, it's good to have you back. Dave Schofield filled in last week. We talked about the trenches, the offense and defensive line. I'm sure you listened to that. But I want yes. to talk to you today just about the offense in general. You know, in the first half of the show, I talked about how, in my opinion, if if it isn't, I feel like it should be, all eyes are on the offense throughout training camp this, this year. I mean, the, not only just the storylines and the narratives, but you have these really unique position battles. You have these really unique faces, new faces, new places. I guess I want to talk to you first about the offensive line. It seems like the Steelers are giving Kendrick green every possible opportunity to be the left guard over Kevin Dotson. He was even quoted by saying on Thursday that he doesn't like playing center. He'd rather play guard. 
you see him as a viable option or do you see him as moving into that JC Hasnauer role of interior flex offensive lineman? I think he's a better player than JC Hasnauer, uh, but that role might be uh, more well suited to him this year. I would say Kendrick Green. The Steelers really liked him, uh, and obviously enough to draft him and draft him in a in the third round in uh, 2021. So, you know, he's got he's got stuff that they like. They I I know that they love his athleticism, his ability to get uh, out to the edge and and move in their zone blocking schemes. And uh, you know, it's going to be it's something that entices them, I'm sure. And I don't think Kevin Dotson is necessarily that kind of player. He's more of a straightforward, uh, beat the man in front of you kind of uh, of guard. So I think if if the team wanted to run Matt Canada's system to the fullest uh, with the best uh, type of athlete in place at the left guard position, I think that they would prefer Kendrick Green over Kevin Dotson in that regard. Now, at this point, is, is Kendrick Green better than Dotson? I don't think so. I think that... They're going to give them each an opportunity, but I think you've got to you've got to go into it with an open mind as a Steelers fan, uh, thinking you know uh, what's going to be the best for the Steelers overall this year. And if it's Kendrick Green, then the Steelers, yeah, they're going to give them every opportunity to get it done. When it comes to injuries on the offensive line, you know they're going to happen, and so yep. if you have a viable option, that's even if Kendrick Green doesn't win the job, but it was close and he really looked good and. What that is great. I mean, yes. that is, you know, Kevin Dotson goes down with a high ankle sprain like he did last season in 2021. Okay, Kendrick Green goes in, you don't miss a beat. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think fans should fight this. They should almost embrace it. Hopefully, Kendrick Green does play well. But I want to go to another position. It's wide receiver. There's a lot of talking points, even only after two practices at training camp. Yep. The first one is Deontay Johnson. After two days, and it's only been two days, it seems right. as if Deontay Johnson is following the TJ Watt slash Minka Fitzpatrick hold in uh template, meaning mm-hmm. he's going to be there. He's not going to miss anything, but he's not doing any team drills. When you read that and it did happen for a second day on Thursday, right. what were your thoughts? Do you think it's a good move or not so much? I always like to, I mean, selfishly, I would like to see him out on the field competing with these guys and see uh, kind of what the feel is from those in attendance, uh, seeing this, unit altogether how good can they be and uh you know who who really is stepping up as the guy there but if you if you're looking at it from the perspective of like you mentioned uh in the offensive line injuries happen right we just saw ryan jensen from uh tampa bay he's probably uh out for a significant amount of time uh their center over there uh, one of the best centers in the game and uh stuff like that happens in the first couple days of training camp and uh, so in that regard, I'm, you know, I'm not disappointed to see Deontay Johnson kind of on the side, doing things on his own, reducing that injury risk. We kind of know at this point what he brings. He knows the offense well enough. He knows the personnel well enough. I do think that it would be more beneficial for him to be in. Not only does it show, hey, I'm a team player um, and I'm going to give my all despite the uh, situation that I'm in contractually. Uh, but also it gives him a chance to get to know Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. These guys that are going to be feeding him the ball, they're getting a leg up uh, with Chase Claypool and uh, George Pickens and Calvin Austin even, and uh, Deontay Johnson's just sitting there catching tennis balls. So I think from his perspective, he 
uh, should hope to get in quick and start doing as much work as possible. I mean, you think about it, it's, it's a great thing for George Pickens and Calvin Austin the third, and Miles Boykin, throw him in there too, Gunnar Olszewski, all these guys that just are starving for repetitions. I, I just, there's something about this that is, okay, so let's say it goes all preseason. Mm-hmm. Is he not going to play in preseason games? Is he going to sit out the entire preseason? Is he not going to do any team drills? And I, I said this earlier, and I'll, I'll reiterate it again. He's not an all-pro. Right. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick were all-pro considered maybe the best at their respective positions. Yes. De- Deontay Johnson is not even on the first page when you're talking about top wide receivers in the game. Right. I think that most casual fans wouldn't even have him in the top 25. When I say casual fans, Steeler fans would say, hey, maybe this guy's worth being in that group. Right. I just, I wonder what's it, what is it going to take to get him on the field? And let's say he doesn't get a new deal. Is he... Mm-hmm. Is he just going to miss? I don't know. It's just as ugly. But who do you think benefits the most from Deontay Johnson not practicing? I think it's George Pickens. He's going to get more exposure to the quarterbacks running with the ones. Um, they're totally different players, so I can see where that might sound confusing that George Pickens uh, replacing Deontay Johnson. I don't think that's the case, but uh, they George Pickens talked about the other day, uh, yesterday I think it was, uh, versatility of the wide receivers that they can all play kind of anywhere uh, on in the formation, whether that's slot, whether that's uh, X, Z, you know, whatever we're talking about here. But I think George Pickens it it gives him an opportunity to to show what he brings to the field, and we've seen it already. Body control um, that's up there with the elites. Uh, speed, uh, the ability to stretch the field because he's so long. He's, his catch radius is ridiculous. I think you you can, when you watch him play at Georgia, you see that he is a 50-50 ball monster, uh, and we haven't seen that out of Chase Claypool necessarily. I think this gives him a lot of exposure to these quarterbacks, and they're going to fall in love with his ability to make them look good, and so I think it benefits him most to to get those reps with the ones. Let's also not overlook the fact there was a lot of talk about his knee. Mm-hmm. Is he fully recovered? He hasn't been hindered at all in the early portions of camp. And you know, if the Steelers even had any bit of hesitation of putting him on the field, they wouldn't have him out there. There's right. no way, no way. So th- that is good news for me. Just the fact that it seems like he is hundred percent healed up and he's good to go. Um, but when I think about the, the Steelers offense, I think about Matt Canada Year two, what are your expectations for that offense? So what what do you think it's going to look like? What, what exactly, if everything works the way we hope it does, the players, mm-hmm. whether it's quarterback, receivers, what would what would be some descriptions of a Matt successful Matt Canada offense for you in in twenty twenty two? I think the big one is a word we've used already, and it's versatility. I think the ability to move guys around the formation to bring in a guy like Jeremy McNichols on a third down, who's a threat to run, but can also protect the passer and allow these wide receivers to work around. We saw Connor Hayward getting into the action a little bit yesterday and today, and uh, maybe he finds a role on this team. Calvin Austin taking a screen pass to the house uh, first day of training camp. And he said uh, afterwards that he didn't even reach his full speed. And, you know, that may just be talk. We don't know for sure, but I think that the ability to attack in different ways and be unpredictable. And that's something that the Steelers offense has, 
has not been the last few years is unpredictable. They've been as predictable as you can, you can imagine. And so I think that would be a staple of the Canada offense is its versatility. Another thing that I think you'll see is movement. And I think that starts at the offensive line. These guys are going to get into in space uh, in their blocking schemes, uh, moving around the formation uh, on pulls and, and uh, you know, chips and cuts uh, throughout the, the running scheme. Uh, and then that tr- uh, goes back to the quarterbacks as well. I think they're going to be moving out of the pocket. I think there's going to be different lineups. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger loved his shotgun. Uh, he could see the whole field that way. That was his preferred style. And, you know, he was really good back there for so many years. I think Mitchell Trubisky, I think Kenny Pickett, they're going to be more comfortable play action, rolling out, getting in space, able to view the field from uh, not just the confinements of the pocket. And I think you'll see that movement in the quarterback room. And then I think you'll see it at the wide receiver position too, with the motions and the sweeps. Um, You're going to see a lot of movement on this offense. So versatility and movement are the two things. If Matt Canada's offense is successful, I think those are the two things you see jump off the page and off the screen on you. Now you mentioned Jeremy McNichols, Mm -hmm. the new running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. My namesake. There you go. That's That's his name's not Jerome. That's Bettis. Anyways, (laughs) uh, so with with McNichols joining the the depth chart, Mm -hmm. if this sends a shot across the bow at any player, we obviously know it's not Najee Harris. If this is a shot off the across above any player and the running back depth chart, which who is it? It was Trey Edmonds. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just That's kidding. Easy That's out. the easy That's out. Easy yeah. out. <laughs> Absolutely easy out. Um, so it's kind of interesting because I view the signing as more of, hey, we're bringing him in to fill a specific role, and that is third down back, uh, spell Najee when – Najee's been just pounding the rock on first and second down and we need somebody on third and three, third and six, whatever to come in and uh, be a weapon out of the backfield. I think he's more of a role player than necessarily the RB two for this team. But I think if you're going to look at a player and say, Hey, we've got this guy now, we know he can do these things. We know he's got versatility as well. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. I think you're looking at, Ant Mac. I think you're looking at Anthony McFarland. And I think you look at him over Snell because McFarland and McNichols will be a little more similar in style. But also, McFarland's been injured. The Steelers don't have a good gauge on what he can bring because he's just been unavailable. And if availability is your best attribute, Anthony McFarland has been much less than available. And I think that that spells uh, trouble for him if he were to go down that path again. So I would say if you had to pick one, it would be Ant-Mac. But I don't know. I think that there's room for all four of these guys on the roster. I really do. And uh, if I were making the cuts and and all things being equal from injury standpoint, um, I'd be looking real hard at who my more explosive athlete is, who's the most different from Najee Harris to really fill in that RB two spot, you know, if Harris, God forbid, goes down for a while, you know, a, a backfield combination of Anthony McFarland or Benny Snell and Jeremy McNichols, McNichols seems to be like the most likely scenario uh, based on that signing. So a lot of great points there. And, and I'm glad you said that, you know, they could keep four because they did last year. People forget mm-hmm. Kalen Bellage was carted around. He didn't do anything. Right. I mean, he just basically collected a check every week. 
and then sat and watched it, whether it was at home or on the sideline, there's a good chance that McNichols, McFarlane, and Snell round out your running back group. It will be interesting to see if any of the undrafted players yes. show out in the preseason and kind of force their hand. Maybe they have to make a move. But last question I have for you is, you know, now we talked about this for minicamp and OTAs phase three, these reports that come out of minicamp. Mm-hmm. And we said at the time, take them with a grain of salt, folks, because trust me, training camp is a different beast. You're, they, they know they're not in pads yet. But these are firsthand reports. These are longer practices. They're definitely doing team type drills. Do you caution Steeler fans about these reports that come from Twitter and from these beat reporters and fans that are there? Or do you say, hey, this is it? Like, this is actually how do you handle these reports from training camp? So I do take it with, uh, you know, some semblance of hesitation as far as, um, if, if anybody's coming out with sweeping statements or, uh, you know, this guy is the real deal and, and we're not even in pads yet, you know, then that's, that gets me, you know, that sets me back a little bit and I'm like, okay, let's, let's wait a little bit here. But, you know, when reports come out uh, and they're consistent, multiple different people start saying the same thing, or you're getting, uh, reports and, um, you know, expectations are starting to rise across the board for these guys that are there taking it in. That's when I start to pay more attention. I think you've seen four, five, six, or seven of the beat reporters specifically mention that Najee Harris looks like the real deal this year. From a leadership standpoint, he's he's taking control in that department. Uh, physically, he looks he looks incredible. You know, you you're seeing that as a theme amongst these reporters. Now, if you gotta, if you're going to rely on something like, uh, Mitch Trubisky threw two balls in the dirt, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, the first one, I think Najee Harris, uh, in, in yesterday's camp practice, Najee Harris turned his, his, uh, um, his route into a wheel route, I guess. And Trubisky wasn't expecting that. And the ball lands at his feet. Mitchell Trubisky throws one in the dirt, uh, on the second play. And, and, you know, maybe the wide receiver didn't cut as sharp as he was thinking he would. So I think that all comes with the feel of, of each other, learning each other. So I take some of those things like Mason Rudolph completed all four of his passes, but Kenny Pickett only completed two and Mitchell Trubisky only completed one. You know, maybe Mason's the the guy. If if you're hearing stuff like that, that's when you need to say, whoa, 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 calm down here. <laughs> Let's let a few days go by, a, a few weeks go by even, and some preseason games, you know. Let's see these guys in action against uh, guys of their own caliber and their peers and uh, see how they do there. And I think uh, one of the things that, that does strike a chord with me uh, in a good way is that when you see a guy on the third string, that's consistently beating his fellow third stringers, right? That means that he needs to move up in competition level. We see that when they're drafting small school talents that are dominating at their level. Um, It's the same in training camp and preseason. If you've got a third string guy, if you got Calvin Austin out there and he's just running all over, um, James Pierre and, and uh, Justin Lane, it's time to move him up and see what he can do against uh, Weatherspoon and, and Wallace, you know what I'm saying there. So that's just kind of how I take it when you're, when you're hearing those reports out of training camp. It's a very level headed approach. I like it. All right, Jeremy, going to let you go before you go 
tell everyone where they can find you on social media and anything else you're working on for behind the steel curtain. Absolutely. You can find me as always on Twitter at the bet 93 T H E B E T Z nine three and, uh, working on just training camp, uh, focused articles. I'm, I'm working on some fantasy football articles as well. And I've been pounding away at this, uh, power rankings article that I'm trying to get out, but I'll tell you what, it's hard to, to put these teams in some kind of order, yeah. especially before you really know anything about them. But I'm going to cr- try to keep up with that. Kind of look at the Steelers from a league wide perspective, how they fit in. So you'll kind of see that as a theme through, uh, my stuff coming out on the website soon. And don't forget to check out the Steelers fix. Uh, We're going to be doing some sleepers for fantasy over the next few weeks as you're prepping for your fantasy football drafts. Very good. Jeremy, thank you for your time. We'll see you next Friday. Have a good one. All right. All right. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Thanks to Jeremy as always for taking the time and for being a part of the show. He missed last week. That's okay. It was good to have him back. Let's finish the show with a heart to heart. Like we always do every Friday. You know, it's, it's crazy to me that here we are already talking about training camp. I know it's a long offseason. The NFL offseason is the longest of all professional sports leagues. But it, it just is insane to me how right when things get, I mean, Tuesday, the players report, Wednesday they're practicing, and it is full steam ahead. Not just for Behind the Steel Curtain, both on the podcast side as well as on the editorial side, but also, my goodness, full steam ahead in terms of the team itself. But as fans... You know, people forget that we're fans as well. You, hey, buckle up, baby. And that's that's exactly what needs to happen because this train is not going to be stopping till hopefully, hopefully February. And it's just, it, it flies by so quick and you just got to make sure you're ready for it. I know without a doubt that every single person that didn't miss one of my Monday, Wednesday, or Friday morning shows in the off season, I know without a doubt that my ride or die crew is ready. They're buckled up. They're ready. They're on board. They're ready for this. They've been ready for this. They've been preparing all offseason for this. But in case you're someone that is, you know what, when they go back to camp is when I'll start paying attention, get yourself ready. Because once preseason games are going to be here before you know it. And then once that's done, we got week one at Paul Brown Stadium, Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers. Get out of here. It's going to be insane. And it's going to be here in the blink of an eye. So I hope you're ready. I know my ride or die crew is ready. I appreciate every single one of you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the ride or die crew. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. In the meantime, you know we finished it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back on Monday. Go Steelers. My